Hey, welcome to the Healthful Woman Podcast. Today's Monday, June 21st, 2021. In honor of the first day of summer and the continuing reduction in COVID cases, Caroline Friedman returns to the podcast today to talk about travel in pregnancy. Prior to COVID, this was a very hot topic during prenatal visits. And now that people are considering travel again, we're finally starting to have these conversations again as well. So Caroline and I thought it would be great to get some of our thoughts out there on a podcast. I'm guessing a lot of you will find this relevant and helpful. For those of you wondering what we plan to do this summer with our podcasts, have no fear. We are planning to drop two podcasts a week throughout the summer. The podcast never sleeps. On Thursday, Linda Nickel returns for part two of her birth story. If you missed part one last Thursday, I highly recommend it. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. See you Thursday for high-risk birth stories. Welcome to today's episode of Healthful Woman, a podcast designed to explore topics in women's health at all stages of life. I'm your host, Dr. Nathan Fox, an OBGYN and maternal fetal medicine specialist practicing in New York City. At Healthful Woman, I speak with leaders in the field to help you learn more about women's health, pregnancy, and wellness. All right. Welcome back to the podcast, Caroline Friedman. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? Very good. So, I mean, travel and pregnancy is something we used to talk about with our patients all the time. Not so much in the past year. Nope. <laughs> in a different perspective, I guess. In a different way. But I thought that, you know, we're we're recording in May and this is probably going to drop sometime in June. And obviously with, you know, more vaccinations and the infection rates going down, restrictions will be lifted at some point. People are going to start traveling again. People already have started to travel again, but more and more will. And we thought it'd be a good time just, first of all, just to cheer us up to talk about travel, like, hey, we're going to go away again. But also it is an important topic because pregnant women ask us about this all the time. Totally. And and I find that it's, it's fun to not only talk about what they can and can't do, but just then we can talk about places they're going and where have we been and where should we stay. And this used to be a lot about Zika, but now yeah. not as much. Nope. <laughs> Excellent. So why do people ask this question all the time? What What is the concern in general? Well, I think in general in pregnancy, people, you know, want to make sure that anything they're doing is okay because mm-hmm. it's a little bit different. And travel requires, you know, depending on where you're going and how you're getting there, some advanced planning, some financial deposit or commitment. Right. And people want to make sure that what they're doing is going to be okay and going to be safe for them in their pregnancy. So someone asked you a question, I want to go here, you know, during pregnancy. What what are the sort of factors or variables that go into how you talk to her about that? Yeah. I mean, first of all, I think it depends on where they're planning to go, at what point in the pregnancy they're planning to go, how complicated or uncomplicated the pregnancy or the patient's own medical history may be, and like the reason for going. Because I think that people either in the old days had to go places for work and were going to get fired if they didn't or didn't want to tell their job or whatever it may be, or they're going away for their best friend or their sibling's wedding, or they're just going away because they want to go away and really have a little bit more flexibility about it. So I think that's important to consider as well. Yeah, I find the same way. There's, It's real easy to just tell somebody no. Right. Right. Can I go in? No. Can't right. go away. Like very, very easy to say that. But I don't think it'd be fair because it's clearly much more nuanced. As right. you said, you know, there's a big difference between driving three hours to go to your, you know, sister's wedding than right. there is flying 12 hours to spend two days on a beach right. as you want to. And Again, not a value issue. It's just a matter of people's 
I don't know, their tolerance to take upon a slight amount of risk sure. would change based on those circumstances. Right. So in terms of the point in gestation, why does that matter so much where they are in pregnancy? Well, certainly different things can happen at different points in the pregnancy. So in the first trimester, women may not be feeling great or there's a potential risk for miscarriage. And so whether that's going to happen somewhere far away or during a long flight, those are kind of the things you were going to worry about. In the third trimester, close to your due date, you're thinking about, could you go into labor? Could your water break? Could you have a concern that you would want to go see your doctor the same day or the next day for? And if you're far away, how are you going to do that? And where are you going to get your care and things like that? Right. And what about in terms of, you said, what their own history is, like what their own, how the pregnancy has been going? Right. So for patients, let's say who've had a history of a preterm delivery at 30 or 32 weeks, we may feel more strongly about them not traveling at that point in their current pregnancy, as opposed to someone who has never had that history. And therefore, the risk of a complication or going into labor at that point is a little bit lower. Or let's say they have a medical condition that may be exacerbated by traveling or just could happen. And if you know they're not near your doctor, their doctor, what are we going to do to help them? Right. I think what's interesting is you know what we're discussing just in these first few minutes, so much of it is logistics. Right which I think surprises people because a lot of people are concerned that maybe travel itself is dangerous. Right. Like getting on a plane somehow is danger to right. a pregnancy. And they learn really quickly that it's basically not. Right. Like it's safe. Right. I mean, the, the, the cabins are pressurized, so it's not an issue of like altitude. Sure. And, you know, it's the, the scans that people go through, they're worried about the radiation. There's like no radiation right. in those scans. There's actually more radiation from the flight just right. from being like on a plane than there is from the actual scanner. Right, which is obviously also very, very, very low. Yeah, and so there's really no concern. And people who are, you know, flight attendants work when they're pregnant right. uh, until a certain point. But that's just because, again, they don't want them going into labor. Right. And so it's not that the the travel itself is unsafe. I tell people if they you know went up in a plane and flew around for three hours and landed at the same spot, that's okay. The one exception is for very, very long flights, we get concerned maybe of the development of a blood clot. Right, exactly. And so, and so explain that. Why is that the case with long flights? Well, when you're sitting still, whether it's in a long car ride or a long flight, sometimes the blood that's going through your veins and circulating through your body can kind of pool down in your legs and your lower extremities. And if it's not circulating, it kind of can clot there. Right. And so stretching your legs, doing some exercise in the seat, getting up and walking around every few hours, or if you're in a car stopping, pulling over and just stretching your legs can help to prevent that. Right. Right. Ironically, it, see, it seems to me that people who get blood clots after long flights tend not to be pregnant right? because they're the only ones who can actually like sit still for eight hours, <laughs> exactly. you know, and read and watch movies. Fall asleep. Right. Whereas if you're pregnant, almost always you got to get into the bathroom exactly. anyways, like a couple hours. Or if you're traveling, you already have kids, you're running after somebody. Right. And so it's very unusual for a pregnant woman to just sit still on a flight for eight hours. Right. It just doesn't happen that much. Right. But that would in theory be a concern. But that's basically it in terms of the travel itself. We really don't have concerns. It ends up being logistics. Exactly. Okay. So we spoke about the the timing of travel. How do you determine, like people say, what's your cutoff for travel? When can I travel until, do you have a hard stop for women? I personally don't. I mean, 
I guess I would say, you know, no later than 36 to 37 weeks, just right. because we know a lot of people go into labor then. Right. Some airlines have cutoffs, but it sort of varies and is fairly arbitrary. And again, it's like they don't know what's going on in the pregnancy or your history. Yeah. So I wouldn't really pay attention to that. I wouldn't go beyond that or I'd have a right. letter or a reason just in case. Right. But I think it's more about, again, how the pregnancy is going, the reason for going. And it's just a conversation that we have. Yeah. I mean, the, the airlines, you can go online and find their policies. And it's the funniest thing. When I was like, how do they verify this? Like, what <laughs> right. are they, what are they doing? Right. Like, are, are they, they, do, yeah, they ask for medical records and people are like, can you give me a letter? I was like, what do you want the letter to say? I right. mean, like, like they don't, first of all, they can't even ask if you're pregnant. Like they're like, it's like Not illegal, allowed. you know? Yeah. So that's number one. Number two, they can't ask how far pregnant you are. They can just put a policy up there. And I think it's obviously meant that if you were flying on your due date and went into labor, they could say, well, you know, you, you know, you didn't follow our policy. Right. But it's not something that's really enforceable. Right. Cruise lines have a very early gestational age. Cutter. They're actually a little bit more complicated. And they sometimes do require letters from doctors yeah. because for them, like the whole cruise is yeah. done. Derailed, exactly. <laughs> something happens. Whereas a flight, you know, usually they can just land where they're supposed to. Worst case, they land early and then take off again. Right. A cruise, it's a little bit harder to sure. do that. But yeah, I have the same thing. So let's let's talk about first trimester. Let's just start in the beginning. So okay. someone's in the first trimester. Is there any situation where you tell someone they couldn't or shouldn't travel? You know, if we're following someone who's been having maybe some bleeding complications in the first trimester and we're concerned that there's a high chance that they might miscarry, we would probably or I would probably recommend delaying the travel a little bit just to see what happens, just because heavy bleeding on an airplane can be traumatic for somebody. Right. But not again, not because a flight or a car trip is going to make a pregnancy miscarry or not. Right. Or if you're far away and the miscarriage does happen, are you going to be upset that you're not with your own doctor and maybe you have to go to an emergency room or something like that? But otherwise, not really. Yeah. I mean, if someone has a has a healthy first trimester, I pretty much, they can go wherever they want, essentially. Right. And I tell them the same thing that all early pregnancies, there's a chance of miscarriage it's not going to be caused by you traveling right. and, you know, say, well, if you're going to LA, well, are you okay if something happened there? Would you, you know, would right. you be okay going to the emergency room there or finding a doctor? If the answer is that's like the most horrifying thing that could possibly happen to me, then maybe you don't want to do it. And then you start getting into the, where are you going questions, right. right? So someone says, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to Pittsburgh for a meeting. Like, all right, like, they have good medical care. They have doctors. It may be really sucky to like be in an emergency room or a doctor you don't know. And but you'll be okay, right? Like, physically, I'm going to Pittsburgh. I'm going to Canada. I'm going to Florida. I'm going to L.A. Whatever it is, I'm going to Germany. I'm going to Italy. But then people start saying, "Well, I'm going on this, you know, safari, right? Or I'm going on this, you know, remote island where you have to take a plane, then a boat, then a right. jeep, then someone has to carry you twelve blocks to, you know, and then you have to <laughs> climb up a tree and." And it's super, I'm like, well, listen, if you're like six hours from the nearest medical provider, probably you'll get away with it, but you may want to reconsider right. ever going somewhere like that in pregnancy, unless you're okay being in that situation. When my wife was pregnant with our twins, I mean, we were, we were dumber than doorknobs. I mean, we knew <laughs> nothing, literally nothing about anything related to pregnancy. And we were camping in Alaska, in oh my gosh. Denali, and we were like, we were six hours from a phone. I mean, forget about from a doctor. Like, and when we got back, his actual calls like, you went where? Like what? And we're like, yeah, that was pretty dumb. Like, <laughs> well, he's pregnant with twins. And but all right, listen, we survived. It went okay. But if someone asked me, I would say, bad yeah, idea. Yeah, I wouldn't do yeah, that. Yeah, that's a bad idea. Um, but that's something to consider, right? 
in terms of where are we going, what are my options? Right. You always have to think of like, what's my disaster plan right. in case all hell breaks loose? Exactly. And, you know, occasionally an early pregnancy miscarriage can be dangerous. It almost never is dangerous, but it could be. Right. Or sometimes people, if we're concerned that they might have an ectopic pregnancy, that's right. when we usually ground them. Yes. Because uh, then really it could be bad. And yes. so we were saying, all right, you may have an ectopic, like do not travel. Yes. Just stay put till we sort this out. Exactly. Uh, but fortunately, that's, that's the exception. Yep. Okay. So that's the first trimester. How do you feel about the second trimester? Personally, I think the second trimester is really the best time to travel. Uh-huh. Most women are feeling better if they had been having some nausea or vomiting or something like that. Right. You know, it's still before a baby is viable up until 24 weeks. And so if, God forbid, something really horrendous did happen and you were not able to access us, your doctors, or, you know, any medical care quickly, it wouldn't be necessarily a life or death situation. Right. And those things are all really, really rare at right. that point in the pregnancy. And so most people don't really have complications between, let's say, 13 and 20, 24 weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. Your risk of miscarriage is sort of bottomed out, you know, at about 1% or whatever it is, is really, really low right. by the time you get the second trimester. And the risk of preterm birth is also really, really right. low. And like you said, it's for all the symptoms that women have in pregnancy, they're usually better, not always, but they're usually better in the second trimester. Yep. And they don't feel as big as they will in the third trimester. Exactly. So like people are still like, okay, going away. They're okay putting on a swimsuit. They're okay going to the beach. I mean, like You're it's just sort feeling of, better, more yeah, energy. Yeah. You can kind of enjoy the trip more if that's yeah. the purpose of the trip. Yes. Yeah, so a lot of people, if they schedule those baby moons, right. they'll do it sometime in the 20 week range right. plus minus for that reason. But yeah, and all the other things still apply about you will be potentially far away and are you going somewhere with medical care? Sure. Uh, the third trimester is when it starts to get real interesting. Yes. In terms of talking about, you know, statistics. You know, yes. and that's when people really try to pin me down, you know, can I travel up to twenty eight weeks, up to thirty two weeks, up to thirty four weeks? And I just start saying, Well, listen, you know anytime you want, but ultimately your odds of something happening just start going up. Yeah. Right. Even if it's, you know, are you comfortable with a five percent chance of going into labor where you're going? If the answer is yes, fine, go. Right. Like if you don't mind going into labor in Miami. Go like nothing's right. going to happen to you. It's you'll just go into labor in Miami if that happens, and and people have to make that decision for themselves. Yeah. What level of I don't want to call it a risk because it's you know it sounds like negative, but what chance are they comfortable with that they may end up delivering in that city that they're going to, right, or that country, right? Well, and then the follow up to that is not only delivering, but if we're talking right. 28, 30, 32, 34 weeks, if you do deliver, your baby will be in the NICU for a period of time, and so then you know not necessarily coming back after your weekend to Miami or maybe a week. It you know could be a few weeks to a few months, depending on what we're talking about. Yeah. The earlier you are, if something happens, the longer you're going to stay. Right. Either you're going to be parked in a hospital, hoping not to deliver, right. or you will have delivered and the baby's parked in the NICU. Right. And that has logistical concerns. Or totally. if someone's going overseas, now you have to start dealing with I got to get a passport for this baby to come right. back into the country. And again, it's not meant to scare people because, again, the likelihood of anything's happening, any of these things happening is really low. Very low. But for some people, like, oh, no, I don't want to be part of that. And then they sort of put the line earlier. They'll say, I'm not going to travel for leisure up until, you know, past a certain point. But, you know, there's a meeting I have to go to or a wedding I have to go to or a right. funeral, God forbid, something. All right. You know, I'll take my chances because I need to do it. And that's where it's sort of that calculation comes exactly. into uh, in terms of this counseling. And we just give them the best information we can. Sometimes for people who are higher risk for, let's say, preterm birth, like twins or prior preterm birth, we'll do 
some sort of assessment, like, all right, come in the week before, we'll check your cervix, we'll see what's going on, just so we can give you a sense of are your odds high or lower. Right. All bets are off. Right. We can't we can't say for certain. <laughs> yeah. Someone's like, can you guarantee I won't deliver in the next week? Nope. Nope. <laughs> no, I can't. I wish I could. Exactly. That would be that would just be wonderful. For people who are going away, is there something they need to sort of know about or bring with them if they're traveling that you recommend? Anything in particular? It's never a bad idea to have sort of a copy of your records or maybe just a summary with like right. your prenatal labs and your due date and any other information. If you've had complications, your history, things like that, just so if something right. does happen, you can give that to right. whoever is assessing you in the emergency room or the hospital or wherever you end up going. Right. Especially if you're going for a long time. Someone's like, I'm, I'm going somewhere for a month right. or something like that. That's pretty important. Right. It also depends on what the pregnant woman needs, where she's in pregnancy and you know, in terms of sometimes make sure you have the medications you right. might need based on where you're going or things you take for symptoms right. um, or, you know, different clothing. I mean, there's a lot of variables that come about in pregnancy that aren't often there when you when you travel in general. Right. And in terms of the the airplane, you know, again, there is no concern going through the airport uh, metal detectors or no. even the one where you stand with your hands up like you're, you know, getting arrested and they scan you. Right. It's totally safe. Yep. It's not an issue. Uh, the plane itself is fine as long as, again, you can move around and do all these things yep. on yourself. What about infections in terms of like travel and endemic infections? What do people need to know about that? Well, I think just, you know, keep in mind that COVID is still a thing, mm-hmm. even if you're vaccinated. So follow the rules, wear your mask, understand that it's, you know, anytime you're traveling or being around more people, you are increasing your risk for exposure. So it's certainly better now than it was a year ago when we were saying absolutely don't travel. Right. Um, But if you're vaccinated and you're following those rules and, you know, you're you're doing a good job at reducing your risk. Um, And then the whole, you know, Zika thing, which is we think probably less of a big deal than we thought it was in 2016 or so. Right. And the CDC is not really updating or reporting active cases. I think it's more dependent on the countries, which have probably stopped doing that, but doesn't mean that the virus is completely gone. So in theory, it could still be something you're putting yourself at risk for, and there's no treatment for it. So the best thing, if you're going to a country that has had Zika in the past, to just wear your bug spray, wear long pants, long clothes, and try to prevent getting any mosquito bites. Right. I think the CDC has shut down the Zika department (laughs) temporarily. (laughs) Yeah, they've been busy. (laughs) Everybody, go to the COVID center. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Zika, you're going to wait. Exactly. No, but, you know, Zika, there was a, Zika existed before that outbreak. It was just, there was such a big outbreak and they were seeing birth defects that it became so relevant for pregnant women who are traveling. Now that Zika sort of spread globally and it's, potentially anywhere, but fortunately very, very rare. It's sort of at that level of other viruses that people could always catch could be problematic. It's just one of the risks we take when we're pregnant in general. Fortunately, it's very low. Getting bug bites is, you know, best to be avoided if possible as other things you can catch from mosquitoes. Uh, And also sort of know where you're going. There are some places that have more endemic infections than others and whether that's an issue and whether it's a place that you need to be vaccinated to go to. Right. Again, this is a little more exotic travel than right. you know going to Pittsburgh. Well, maybe there is a vaccine you need to go to Pittsburgh. I'm not sure. All of our Pittsburgh listeners, please email in if there's anything endemic there that we need to know about. But um, you know, that's something to keep in mind. And you know, in terms of it, it may be a place you want to avoid if it has infections right. for which you can't be vaccinated when you're pregnant right. or can't take the prophylactic right. medication, for example. Again, but these are pretty uncommon, particularly when going to 
most of the travel destinations that we're going to. There are other issues in terms of travel, and this is whether you're even going in a car or on an airplane, you know, basic safety, like seatbelts. That's always I mean, a good idea. Yeah. I mean, just basics. It's important to remember that these things are important in life for everybody. But obviously, when you're pregnant, it's a very big deal yes. uh, to have, you know, God forbid, an accident and you're not buckled appropriately. Yes. Um, there's some concern that people had that maybe seatbelts would like hurt the pregnancy. And there's a way you're supposed to wear your seatbelt and sort of low but ultimately, you know, if you're in a car crash, you're better off with a seatbelt than without 100%. whether you're pregnant or not. Yep. And that's important. And also, I think women who are on certain medications, it's important. Like, for example, if a woman's on a blood thinner, why might that be relevant when she's traveling? If there is an issue and she does get hurt and has increased bleeding or concern yeah. about something like a placental abruption or something like that. Yeah. Just be extra cautious. Yeah, it's it's important for that. Also, sometimes people when they're when they're traveling, need to make sure with their medications, taking them through security. Some right. of pregnant women, whether they're doing fertility treatments, right, right. they're not pregnant yet, or they they are pregnant, still doing progesterone right. shots, or they're doing, whether it's insulin for diabetics, or they're you know on blood thinners. And for many women, it's the first time they've ever done this. Uh, I mean, they don't take these medications otherwise. Right. And now they're going through security with a bunch of needles. Right. And they have to sort of sort that out. You know, how do I make sure to do this that's appropriate? And right. I'm not, you know, arrested because of it you shouldn't be it's legal but just to be on top of that and also one of the nice things about it, if you happen to get a blood thinner it's much less likely to get a blood clot exactly. when, you're preg- when you're pregnant and traveling uh, so just you know to summarize when someone comes to you and says hey you know i'm thinking of going to florida for vacation for a week ultimately take me through that conversation So, you know, we start by reviewing the chart Uh and then having the conversation of, okay, Florida, great. Right. When are you going? Why are you going? And what are sort of your thoughts about it and contingency plans in case something does happen? Right. And then, you know, they say, well, what do you mean if something could happen? Right. And then I talk through the potential complications or risks and reassure them that it's very unlikely that something will happen, but we've seen it all. So we've seen things happen. Yeah. You know, just making sure they're prepared and they fully understand what they're taking on and then they can determine whether or not it's worth it for them. Yeah. I I find that most of the time it's not, the conversation does not end up changing their travel plans. Usually they're just asking for reassurance. Like, hey, is this okay? And usually have to say like, yeah, it's okay. We go through, you know, this could happen, this could happen. Listen, things that happen when you go to the supermarket and anything can happen at any point. But, you know, as long as they sort of get it, what we're thinking about and they may say, oh, maybe I won't go 36 weeks right. for a week because I really don't want to deliver in right. Florida. And someone else will be like, you know what? My sister lives in Florida. My mother lives in Florida. If I wanted to labor that week, It'd be whatever, fine. not the end of the world, right. fine. And then go. And so we don't, it's one of the reasons we don't put a hard line, a hard stop yeah. on this because it's not, it's not valuable. People, you know, like they ask me, what's our policy? I'm like, we don't have a policy. Right. Like, we talk to people and we'll figure it out. Uh, and I think that is important. If if someone's giving you like a hardline policy, that's just because it's easier. It's yeah. just easier to say you can travel up into this point and not after this point. But it's not like it's guaranteed to be safe before and guaranteed to be dangerous afterwards. Exactly. They're both probably safe. It's just a matter of degree. Exactly. Uh, and there is some nuance to it. So where where are you going to go next? What's your big travel plan when well, the world opens up? When the world opens up, I think I'm going to go try to see my own family <laughs> out west. My folks are trying to get to Israel, which right now is like crazy. You have to like prove all the documentation and this. And I told them the second they get there, they're probably going to lift all those restrictions. Yeah. 
But uh, it's it's right. it's still very challenging, particularly international travel. Yeah, domestic right now is doable but weird, right? Because you got the masks and the this and the, it's like sort of like very right, a little creepy, right? But it's actually been shown to be pretty safe, which is nice. And I think hopefully with time, this will just get a little more normal and people can enjoy and we can get back to answering all these questions about yes. travel. It'll be and, nice. And we can re-record this without any mention, hopefully, of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just, just ha- we'll ha- scrub out all the COVID. It'll, it'll be like the Zika talk. We'll bleep it out. We'll bleep out all the COVID. Exactly. Excellent. Well, Carolyn, thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. On. Thanks and this, for having yeah, me. It seems like a straightforward topic, but it comes up so often. I think this will be really helpful for people to listen to before they make their plans. And obviously, we're available to talk about this or just travel advice. Love talking about where to go and what to do and where to stay. 100%. And it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And if you happen to get in a room with Bender about travel, you know, plan an hour. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Have a good one. Thanks, Thanks a lot. you too. Thank you for listening to the Healthful Woman Podcast. To learn more about our podcast, please visit our website at www.healthfulwoman.com. That's H-E-A-L-T-H-F-U-L-W-O-M-A-N.com. If you have any questions about this podcast or any other topic you would like us to address, please feel free to email us at hw at healthfulwoman.com. Have a great day. The information discussed in Healthful Woman is intended for educational uses only. It does not replace medical care from your physician. Healthful Woman is meant to expand your knowledge of women's health and does not replace ongoing care from your regular physician or gynecologist. We encourage you to speak with your doctor about specific diagnoses and treatment options for an effective treatment plan.